Welcome to Fantasy Frenzy here on Sports 1440. Connor Halley, Brandon Douglas with you. Here it is Monday morning, 11 o'clock. The show brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky, home of Alberta's best beef jerky locations in Leduc, Spruce Grove, West Edmonton Mall. Check them out online at wilhawkbeefjerky.com. And don't be thrown off by the name. More than just beef jerky. they got a lot of different options. You can check them out online. Of course, if you want to get into the conversation today on Fantasy Frenzy, one 401 is the best way to do so. We're talking fantasy hockey, fantasy football. Maybe you got some fantasy basketball questions you want to throw our way. We'll get into it all on the show today. If you want to send us an email, maybe a little long form, one eight or no, that would be the text line. Connor at sports1440.ca, Brandon at sports1440.ca. Those are the best ways to do so, uh, Brandon. Without the, the music there, are you still feeling the CFR vibes from uh, over the weekend? It was a long weekend for me, Connor. I, uh, <laughs> I got up to a lot uh, going back to last Friday night, the trek southbound and down on QE2 to CFR and Red Deer. A great, great night out. Some drinks were had, some uh, frivolity enjoyed. Rodeo was great. Cabaret was great. And then Saturday uh, at an Oilers game that I have, I talked about it right at the top. I basically already put in my rearview mirror because I went to Golden Bears football Saturday night. Then uh, about the fourth quarter starting, Bears game well in hand, headed up the LRT to the Drake, watched the Bears get a nice uh, bounce back win after losing yeah. Friday night uh, against the also U of S Huskies. And then on Sunday, a little rest and recovery, uh, just sitting on the couch watching NFL football all day. It was awesome. My Texans win. Uh, in what was, I think, the most exciting game of the day against the Buccaneers, and then uh, wrapped it up with some Sunday night football before heading back to the Drake to play in my own beer league game. So my weekend was virtually nonstop, and almost everything came up roses for me except the uh, big uh, the Tropics with a loss last night um, at the Drake. But, hey, you can't win them all uh, with a Texans win, a couple G-Bears wins, and a big, big Ducks win late last night uh, as well versus Vegas, handing them their first regulation loss to the season. I'm I'm feeling pretty good on Monday morning. A lot of the Oilers fans here on the text line, not quite as much so, but uh, I think with all the great insight we had first thing this morning throughout the uh, Kevin Carey show and what we'll roll through the rest of the day, hopefully can put some minds at ease and uh, get the vibes a little bit higher heading into tonight's <laughs> game in Vancouver. Yeah, hey, let's try to be optimistic. I don't know. I don't know where to begin. I, the, that performance over the weekend kind of kind of left me snoozing. Yeah, I mean, there there's not a whole lot that motivates me with this Edmonton Oilers team right now. I guess the fact is you do have two of the best players in the world, and you hope that they can uh, get going, which is weird to say. Like If they were normal humans, we'd say they're having great seasons. But for those two, the standards are just so high. We'll see what happens against the Vancouver Canucks, who, I mean, beat down the Oilers to start the year, beat down the Sharks, but then the Penguins beat down the Sharks. So maybe everyone just gets to beat down the Sharks. That's what the Oilers need. And they'll get, and hopefully, hopefully the trend will continue. But yeah, that, I mean, if you're playing daily fantasy sports, Brandon, NHL style, like, do you just look at who's playing San Jose and just load up because it's point night against that team? It certainly seems like point night. And I said this earlier, if the Oilers do lose tonight in Vancouver and the Sharks lose tomorrow, um, they are uh, at home versus the Philadelphia Flyers. And we roll into that Thursday game with the Oilers still on the skid the Sharks without a win. In my opinion, that is about worst case scenario for Oilers fans because if you win, oh, congrats, you, you beat the winless Sharks and the season is still, um, you know, kind of uh, vibes down, everybody with a negative outlook. <laughs> but if you lose, oh my goodness. Like, it, it, it's 
you're hoping for one, maybe even both things to happen. You, you can rattle off a win, kind of hopefully try and get things back in the right direction tonight versus the Canucks. And you're at the same time hoping maybe for a Flyers uh, or a Sharks win versus the Flyers tomorrow. So it's, uh, it's not pretty right now in oil country, but I, I've said this kind of since the season started. You just got to have a little bit of faith here. I, I'll fully admit the season's been a disaster so far, pretty much top to bottom, yeah, to a man, from the coaches to the forwards to the defense to the goaltending. I can't think – the only player I think that I can say has had a good season so far is probably Evander Kane. And even he started off the first couple games uh, not looking like himself. So take that for what it's worth. But uh, this Oilers game tonight is big. I, I think that goes without saying. <laughs> I I would agree. I would agree with you. And, yeah, I mean, you, you look at the Oilers team so far. And like I said, we're, we're just so used to Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl being so far above and beyond everyone else in the NHL. And it, it could still happen. Like, Leon Dreisaitl still has 13 points in 10 games. Uh, you know, Zach Hyman's a point-a-game player right now, as is Evan Bouchard, which people might not want to hear. McDavid's got the 10 points in eight games. Like, they're doing that. But they're also not getting the timely save when they need it. You know, they're they're having little breakdowns at crucial times. McDavid said a death by a thousand cuts. It's those little mistakes that add up against this team, and they're they're not good enough right now to outscore those problems. And... I mean, for me, I mean, I look at the goaltending and there, there's moments when you just need that save. Like, sure, you can go down 2 nothing, but when you make it 2-1, you need your goalie to make that next save. Keep it, keep it within one shot away from tying it up. And it just seems like the Oilers are not getting that save when they need it. So, bunch of problems. Uh, let's, we did our five minutes of the Oilers. Let's get into the inbox here. one 1440 We've got uh, DK. This, this one might be a common problem because it hasn't been good. He says, fellas, I won this past week, but Devontae Adams is killing me. Should I bench him in week 10? Now, I looked up Devontae's game logs, and it hasn't been good, which might not be a surprise coming off a team that, you know, just fired their head coach. Going back three weeks, his best game, well, really going back the last couple of months, his best game was a seven-reception game where they lost to the Bears where he had 57 yards. He hasn't hit the end zone since week three against the Pittsburgh Steelers. That game he went off. Two touchdowns, 172 yards on 13 receptions. You were probably feeling pretty good. The next week, he followed it up with a pretty good game against the Chargers. Eight targets, or eight receptions, sorry, 75 yards, but no touchdowns, and he hasn't hit the, the red zone or the end zone since. Next week, they do play the New York Jets, so that's likely a matchup with Sauce Gardner. I would think you might want to consider benching him. Now, maybe maybe Devontae gets up for this one and Aiden O'Connell finds ways to get him the ball. Lance, congratulations on the Raiders' victory, by the way. But I think you've got to look at your team and see who else do you have. That would be the question. Is, is your receiving group that deep that you can take out Devontae Adams, the threat that he can be? Because he just has not looked great in that system I mean, like I said, outside of maybe two games for the entirety of the year, the quarterback play hasn't been good enough. There's not, there's no way to sugarcoat that. It's just it hasn't been good in Vegas. Coming off the win, who knows what Brandon? I don't know. I don't like that matchup with the Jets defense and Devonte Adams. Like you, you as a as a Raiders fan, you beat up on the Giants as you should have. You did what you were supposed to do. I picked up the Raiders defense and got 16 points out of it because the Giants are that bad. The Jets defense, though, pretty damn good. Yeah, this matchup just screams low low production when it comes to the entire Raiders offense because they, they obviously got the mojo, the motivation. Um, uh, Alex Pierce, first game as interim GM. 
But not only that, like you said, Connor, they were playing the Giants, who have been bad most of the year. Then Daniel Jones goes down in the first half, and we see uh, Tommy DeVito back there, who, no offense, Tommy DeVito, um, probably not an NFL-caliber quarterback. How he managed to hold on to the backup job at this point, uh, a little surprising to me. But all that being said, it was it was a perfect situation for the Raiders um, with the motivation of, of getting rid of Josh McDaniels because it seemed he was not uh, thought of very fondly by virtually the entire <laughs> locker room. That, against a bad opponent, I don't see that continuing on Sunday Night Football versus the Jets next weekend. Um, like unless unless your team is really that hard up for options, um, of course, some more buys taking place next week. Otherwise, yeah, like I think we're, we've reached the point where it is uh, it is Devonte Adams not as a starter in fantasy football right now because the, the and a lot of it has to do with the quarterback play. Jimmy Garoppolo gets benched for Aiden O'Connell. Like what what's What's next? Do they go back to Brian Hoyer? We in his very brief action we've seen this year certainly didn't look very good. A veteran guy, sure, but yeah, it's it's not pretty uh, for the Raiders by any stretch. But that that win this week, a little optimism to the fan base. But as a uh, Devonte Adams owner, yeah, I, I'm saying I'm saying bench him unless you have no other options. Literally, no other options. The Raiders are interesting, you know, like. Second in the AFC West. They're ahead of the Chargers and the Broncos right now. Chargers could tie them with four wins if they beat the Jets tonight. I'll be at the Canadian Brew House in Sherwood Park if anyone wants to come out and hang out. But you're right. Like, it's it's just a very weird situation there. I don't know what I'd do. And then, like you said, uh, DeVito for the Giants. I mean, that was necessity, right? Because Tyrod's on the IR. Mm-hmm. DJ, done probably for the year now. Who's out there? Now they have to go look and see if they... Is Tommy DeVito the guy they want to roll with? You can't. You <laughs> cannot possibly trot that guy back out there as your starting quarterback. But you kind of have to. Like, who's going to come in? We just watched Josh Dobbs win a game with uh, well, like four, not, days, four days on a playbook. They're not trading for Josh Dobbs, though. No, but I'm saying <laughs> but I'm saying in turn, going back to this uh, question that goes back to pre-deadline about bringing guys in and having limited time to learn playbooks, it doesn't set them up for success. A guy with one day on the playbook could play better than Tommy DeVito <laughs> at quarterback. Well, just remember that Dobbs is a neuro... No, not neuro. Aerospace. Aerospace well, yeah. engineer, right? So he probably... I saw a video of him working on his cadence with the offensive line. Like, this is, a, you know, like, it, it. it's crazy to me. And then, yeah, it's, I just don't know which quarterbacks are out there right now. Maybe uh, Nathan Rourke off the Jags practice roster. What do you think about that? You could grab any player. I'm not going to say any player. (laughs) Almost any player off any other team's practice roster, and it could not be any worse than what we've seen from Tommy DeVito. In the week previous when he came in in in, um, relief of Tyrod, he had negative passing yards. That's hard to do. He's got that sick chain, though, TD. That is pretty cool. <laughs> I'll give him that. I'll give him that. He's He's got some moxie. Got, <laughs> Unfortunately, it hasn't really translated onto the turf. I. It, it's so funny, the NFL, because we talk about, well, yeah, quarterbacks, like they're in a good position in the NFL with quarterback play. Well, you got Tommy DeVito getting reps, uh, Badgent in Chicago, who actually doesn't look that bad. Like he's got a lot of experience, played a lot of football. It's, it's interesting what, what's going on in the NFL right now. Well, going into this weekend, what was it? I'd seen so many graphics of it across social media about like, oh, yeah, the quarterback matchups that everybody was dreaming of. Um, down from, you know, Clayton Toon versus uh, yeah. Jaron Hall or, and what ended up being Josh Dobbs. 
Um, <laughs> Gardner Minshew versus Bryce Young. Uh, Sam Howell versus Mac Jones. Uh, like it, it was, it wasn't pretty. Oh, the Bears and or Packers and Rams game, like Brett Rippon versus Jordan Love. Like th- this week didn't have a lot in terms of offerings. Thankfully, some games really came through for us and ended up being pretty exciting. The aforementioned uh, Texans Bucks game. Yeah. Uh, the Dolphins Chiefs game was close yesterday morning from Germany. Uh, the Dolphins came out a little flat and the Chiefs defense held on. The Vikings Falcons game, despite being. Uh, a bad matchup on paper ended up being exciting, very close. The Dobbs comeback, so th- there was enough to keep us entertained yesterday. I think the Sunday nighter kind of followed a pretty recent trend of not being the best, despite this one having a ton of hype around it. Question marks around the Bills, and I see we got a text from Gord about the Bills and Josh Allen. Um, they, they they're certainly not without their problems, and the Burrow, uh, Joe Burrow and the Bengals, I can't officially say they're all the way back. If you didn't believe it after last week's win. This certainly confirms it. It was like a game of wait and see. Like it's mm-hmm. going to come eventually. When will it be? Joe Burrow looks to have the the swagger back, looking healthy, coming back after the bye week. Uh, we got to put a little a little respect on your guy's name, CJ Stroud, and fourteen touchdown passes, one interception for a rookie out of Ohio State. He he's shedding the label of Ohio State quarterback because they were getting a lot of slander in the NFL. But what he's done this year, I mean, great athleticism, all that, but completing, you know, 62% of his passes as a rookie, 283 yards per game. But that that 14 to 1 touchdown interception ratio, I'm just looking through guys who have played a lot of games. The next closest to have like that few of interceptions, Lamar Jackson, nine touchdowns to three interceptions. But I mean, Tua has seven. Kirk Cousins has five. He's done. Josh Allen has nine. Patrick Mahomes, eight. Russell Wilson, only four interceptions, but Jalen Hurts, eight. Sam Howell, nine. Those are the guys who have equal or more touchdown passes. One interception. Like, his ball security has been fantastic. That's unheard of for a rookie. It, it is. And, and at this, the first couple games when he was setting these records for most completions uh, or attempts, all these most touchdowns before throwing an interception, there was certain a little bit of word kind of float around that was he not taking enough risks? Because the Texans were having, you know, so-and-so results to start the season. And it's going to be one of our questions I have for you coming up in our second segment here with Fact or Fiction about C.J. Stroud. So I'll save it for then. But yeah, it the Texans, tough, like tough game last weekend versus the, the Panthers. Bryce Young got his first win against the number two overall pick that kind of I don't want to say gave some uh, satisfaction to Panthers fans because it certainly was a different story this weekend for Young and the Panthers. But C.J. Stroud and the Texans look like they might be the, well, Stroud for sure, but the Texans maybe as a team kind of look like they might be the real deal here um, heading into the second half of the season. So we'll touch more on that here in the next break. But, uh, yeah, it was a great weekend for me uh, between them, the Ducks, (laughs) the G-Bears. It was just the Oilers and uh, my own tropics that really let me down when it was all said and done. Now, I do just want to say I I wanted to look at the Houston Texans coaching staff Mm -hmm. because D'Amico Ryan's obviously I know. He deserves a lot of credit. I mean, he looks like he could still go throwing the pads for a couple <laughs> plays if need be. I see their defensive line coach is Jacques Cesaire, former Charger, who I absolutely love. So that's cool to see him there. Uh, but offensive coordinator Bobby Slowick and then probably Shane Day, who actually coached Justin Herbert, senior offensive assistant and senior offensive assistant. You've got two of them, Bill Lazar, Lazer. Those guys deserve a lot of credit for having a young quarterback ready to go from day one. And like you said, Maybe he was being criticized for not taking enough chances, but he was making the jump to the NFL. 
at that point with probably a lack of a true number one, he's done a heck of a job. And Nico Collins, Tank Dell, those guys are making plays. And what they were able to do to beat the Buccaneers, thats I don't think you can coach that. that that's just swagger ready to go. Let's, let's make a few plays and win this ball game. And they're exciting. We had someone a while ago ask about who who they should cheer for, becoming a new NFL fan. I think you got to look at the Houston Texans and say, that might be a team I want to cheer for because they've got some nice players. they got a bright future. Maybe get on the bandwagon before it gets too crowded. Brandon's been there for years, along with the Ducks. Just My, two uh, absolute units he cheers for. That's, uh, Matt, things are, things are turning <laughs> up for me. I'm loving it, especially considering, and this is where I um, – I'm so opposite of where all these Oilers fans were at the start of the season that I came into this season with zero expectations for any of my teams. So you know what? We're going to be looking more competitive. Both of them finished last in the NFL or in their respective leagues last year. (laughs) Neither ended up with the number one over, or sorry, Houston should have finished last, uh, but Davis Mills hero mode in the last game of the year. Neither of them ended up with the number one overall pick. But it looks like, and I'm not going to give the uh, Carlson, you know, over uh, fan, or Bedard debate or anything like that. But it looks like they might be better off uh, because of it at this point. So um, I, I'm I'm just grinning ear to ear right now, and I'm just going to ride the wave because the Ducks. I certainly don't think it's going to last um, long term. But Houston, they could be building something here, and it could turn around quicker than not. Uh, we are running a little bit late, so I just want to run through a couple questions here. Uh, B says Tommy DeVito, no love for Frankie Valley. The four seasons? I, I mean, they've got some hits. Maybe we'll have to see if we can come back to little uh, Frankie Valley. Uh, Rob says, amen to you guys. Thank you, Rob. No other question there. No other, no other thoughts. Just amen. Thank you. We appreciate you tuning in. Lance says Raiders back on track. But do you want to be? The Raiders should be like looking at Caleb Williams. Yeah, here. there's that, lots that of good sh- quarterbacks this year. ideal for the Raiders. Who's the last Raiders quarterback selected in the first round? Have they ever? I mean, they had Jamarcus Russell. Oh, yeah. That, did, <laughs> that, that didn't go too well. So, like, this is a year where there's quite a few good quarterbacks out there. I Yeah, you want to win. You still want to win occasionally. Good for Antonio Pierce to get the first one. But maybe this is the year you kind of keep on losing. Unless AOC is your guy. That could certainly be it. Uh, text coming in here from uh, Dustin. We've also got Rockford, Scalding, Gord, who is done with Josh Allen, the Bills, Devontae Adams, the Steelers offense. Too uh, many turnovers. I saw someone called Tua, Tua, turn the ball over. <laughs> Which, Clever. <laughs> that was pretty good. Uh, Scalding, Gord. Somebody I need to get a Sports 1440 hat. Gord, come out to Monday Night Football tonight out at the CBH in Sherwood Park. I'll hook you up with a hat. Uh, we've also got ones from GBF alum Brad and B. We'll get to we'll get to all those in more plus a little fact or fiction. You're listening to Fantasy Frenzy here on Sports 1440. Hallie and Douglas will be back after this. Hands up if you just learned that Frankie Valley sings this song. I had no idea. We wanted to play some Four Seasons, but uh, <laughs> had to get Grease in. So uh, big thank you to Brandon for taking that one up. Uh, we're learning. Uh, B is saying Tommy DeVito was one of the members of the Four Seasons. Yeah, right over our heads. I mean, I only know a couple of the hits. I can't say I'm a huge fan. Uh, a little ignorant to, the, to some of the music from that era. But some 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 classics came out of it. And uh, maybe we'll, we'll mix that in a little more often. It is Fantasy Frenzy here on Sports 1440, brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky. Powered by Wilhawk Beef Jerky, of course. Some of Alberta's best beef jerky locations in Leduc, Spruce Grove, and West Edmonton Mall. WilhawkBeefJerky.com. Connor Halley and Brandon Douglas with you 
Uh, we're going to keep going in the mailbox here, brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. You can join the CBH for Monday, Thursday, and Sunday night football for your chance to win awesome game day prizes and qualify for a trip for two to the Super Bowl in Las Vegas. We'll qualify three lucky people tonight down in the uh, Sherwood Park location. Of course, you got Chargers and Jets. And if you want to come down for the Oiler game as well, you can do so. Eight o'clock puck drop out in Vancouver. Uh, Rob here says, uh, was regarding our comments on the Oilers. That's what he's saying amen to. But great to have here sports on AM Daily again. Yes, of course, we're here every day from 11 till noon. You've also got Kevin Carius from 7 a.m. till 11. Lowdown with Low Tide from noon to 2. And then the Jason Greger Show from 6 or 2 to 6. And if you can't hear on the radio, you can always uh, stream us online. Uh, you can go to sports1440.ca or you can also download the iHeartRadio app, which I've done. And uh, beautiful. Comes through crystal clear. You can connect uh, on the way to work. I, I know we've got some static around the city, so if you connect that, uh, you'll get it crystal clear. Sounds basically like you're listening to a podcast. Brandon, lots of text coming in here. Uh, DK, of course. Uh, this is going to be a, a problem one for a lot of people. He, he feels crazy even typing this one out to our inbox. one 401 Is Deontay Johnson a better move than Adams in week 10? Crazy to even type that out. I started Deontay Johnson this week, and I'll probably lose both my games. I think I need Austin Eckler to outscore Dicker the kicker by like 18 points, and then I can win in one league. And actually, in another league, I need under one point from the Jets' tight end. Come on, Chargers defense. Just give him one 10-yard one reception, and we'll be happy with that one. Uh, but Deontay Johnson, better option. I mean, is Kenny Pickett the better quarterback here? Is that what we're coming to? Because they found a way to get Johnson the ball. And even going back a couple of years, he was a pretty good fantasy player. The bigger question around Johnson had been his uh, lack of finding pay dirt mm-hmm. for the past uh, couple of years. And then, of course, the injury. Uh, and he's battled a couple injuries uh, that have kept him out for, you know, games uh, games or two here and there, I think. Don't quote me on that uh, without uh, doing the double check. But to answer your question, DK, I think 100%. We talked about the Adams matchup against uh, the Jets. That's nightmare for him. Uh, he's like, he's their only good receiver. No offense, Hunter Renfro uh, and the tight end Mayer, who's a rookie, I think. And, Jacoby Myers. Yeah, I guess. But it, it comes back to what you just said, Connor, the quarterback play. And whether it's Jimmy Garoppolo or Brian Hoyer or Aiden O'Connell, none of them seem extra focused on force feeding him the ball. He had 35 yards yesterday on three receptions, I think. It compared to Deontay Johnson, where we saw the complete opposite of that. He got the ball a ton in that Thursday night game. And then as a result, was able to finally get off that schneid and score a touchdown. So I think it's a no-brainer choice starting Johnson. He had seven receptions for 90 yards and a TD. Why would that change? The Titans are no like no slouches on D. And next week, the um Steel or the Steelers, they play Green Bay. Green Bay. I don't think Green Bay's defense is better than the Titans. Jair Alexander? A, yeah. But that's just one man. That's just one man. <laughs> that, that is just one man. But my point being that until we see something change in this Raiders scheme, and maybe it'll take more time. This was Antonio Pierce's, uh, Pierce's first week of the helm, and he's not calling plays, but where they change scheme, change some things around that do lend themselves to Devontae getting the ball more. Because he's a playmaker. You get the ball in his hands, he'll make things happen. But until you get the ball in his hands, 
what's he supposed to do? Running, uh, we had a guest on earlier this uh, season. I, I think it was talking about Brandon Cooks and his first couple games with the Cowboys. He was running routes for the love of the game because he's not getting the ball. Mm-hmm. And that's basically where Devontae's at right now with Vegas because they can't get in the ball because the quarterbacks are not very good. So, yeah, I think Deontay's a no-brainer over uh, Adams next week. Yeah, I mean, that that's tough. Like, especially because you probably drafted Devontae if it's so high. But I don't think it's the worst thing. And if you're an opposing defense playing the Raiders right now, okay, well, let's take out Devontae and let's get to the quarterback, right? Like, you're, you're probably having a safety just kind of hovering over the top and you've got your corner playing underneath and you're just trying to bracket Devontae and, and limit what he can do. He's really good on those cross routes. Like, that, that's where he can eat defenses up. So you could take that away, and if you can get to the quarterback, you know, it's it's a kind of a, a good system to slow down the Raiders. And like you said, let those other receivers beat you if that's going to, what it's going to come down to. Spruce Grove, Steve, sharing his fantasy story today. He's got Justin Herbert tonight. He's down to, uh, down to his opponent by 4.6 points. Uh, the opponent has Keenan Allen. Big game for him because... It is the difference between being in third place and solid playoff position or losing and being in sixth, just one game ahead of the last place guy. Currently, he's projected to win 65%. I like your chances. I mean, Keenan Allen's going to get his. He's going to find a way to make a few big plays, but it's always going to come from Justin Herbert, unless it's, you know, Austin Eckler throwing him the ball or something like that, or Keenan throwing to someone else. But I I don't know. I, I'm just... This defense of the Jets is very good, right? And could Keenan Allen be neutralized to a certain extent? It's very possible. Sauce Gardner, I mean, I think Keenan Allen kind of likes playing these top corners because he's he's not a typical receiver. He doesn't have that 4-4 speed. He's slower. He relies on his route running. So I, I think he kind of likes to take on these top corners and see what he can do against them. So I like your odds, though, Spruce Grove. Steve, uh, looking at some hockey, uh, Rockford says Edmonton should leave Campbell and next year's first in San Jose and take Mackenzie Blackwood with them. Rockford, <laughs> tell me this. Do you really think that that's a good idea? Or, like, is this just a frustration vent? Because if you actually think that's a good idea to give up a first-round pick to get a goalie who has had just as little less uh, success at the NHL level than Jack Campbell has plus a first-round pick, if like for nothing more than the cap flexibility, to do what? Like, Mackenzie Blackwood's not making pennies. He's being paid um, the, like a starting goalie's wage. Let me fire that up. My question be like, do you actually think that's a good idea? Text us back. Or is that just, uh, I'm mad at the Oilers and I need somebody to blame, and Jack Campbell is the current uh, whipping boy because of how he played on Saturday? Which, if that's the case, fair enough. He was not very good on Saturday. But keep in mind, there have been other games this year where he's kept them in games uh, and made those big saves, but the Oilers still haven't been able to score any goal goals. It all goes back to what I said right at the top. It's to a man. It's at no point has several facets of the Oilers game been playing well at the same time. None. And some facets haven't played well at any point of time. I mean, for me personally, I'd rather keep that first round pick and hold on to it closer to the deadline and hope that the goalies get going, you know, (laughs) sort itself out. And then you have that first round pick because, I mean, you get to the deadline and all of a sudden you don't have a first round pick and you're trying to add someone. We're we're assuming the Oilers get back into contention here. Or what if, what if they don't and they just continue to struggle? 
and it could be a very high pick. And then you, you gave it up for Mackenzie Blackwood. Who is being paid $2.35 million for this year and next. A little cap space. That, what are you going to do with that extra $2 million in cap space? Besides also just throwing your first-round pick out the window. Yeah, I wouldn't do it. That, that, like, that's, a, that's a vent. That's a vent text, I hope. I saw a lot of people saying, send Jack Campbell to the Condors. I mean, it would save you a million dollars in cap space, but then you have to have someone coming back up. Like, who's going to, like, what, what does that gain you? Don't ask me. Not my idea. I just peruse social media and, uh, the, yeah, frustration was at an all time. No, not an all time high, but it was pretty high <laughs> yeah. over the weekend. Pretty high. I've seen it pretty high before. Uh, going back to football, Dustin says, Hey, boys, I had Evan Ingram on the bench for his buy and picked up Jake Ferguson as a free agent. He scored me 22 points last night. Should I roll Ferguson going forward and drop Ingram? I've, I've ran with Ingram as well. He doesn't seem to be a big point threat, but he's kind of that consistent like seven or eight points, which at the tight end position, at least in my opinion, if you don't have the upper echelon guys, it's okay. I don't, I mean, I, I, I don't think it's the worst idea. I mean, Dak clearly trusts him. He's without his tight end uh, that he's had for the last couple of years. Dal- who went to, the, went to the Texans? Dalton Schultz. Dalton Schultz. So he likes the tight ends. CD Lamb has been, you know, he puts up numbers, but doesn't always find the end zone. So I actually don't mind that. If you have the the, the space, I maybe hold on to him for another week and see how it goes. But I don't, I don't mind Jake Ferguson as a tight end going forward. Yeah, neither do I. He was actually on my list of um, players that uh, had had a good weekend at the tight end position, which is constantly one of the most uh, prominent questions we get on a week-to-week basis about, all right, who should I go with a tight end this week? This guy I've had, he stinks now. <laughs> uh, bye week injury. And one of the names being, because of injury, Jer- uh, Jack Stoll with the Eagles. He's their current listed backup tight end. Dallas Goddard's going to miss time. So, like, what's a better option if you had Dallas Goddard? Because in a in one of my leagues, and granted this is just a 10-team league, not a 12, but Jonu Smith, Dalton Schultz, and Jake Ferguson were all still on the waiver wire. So in a situation like that, this is a, a question I wanted to throw your way, Connor. If you're a Dallas Goddard owner and those three players are out there on the are out there and available, are you going towards Jack Stoll, hoping that he just fills the role that Goddard had? Obviously, he doesn't have the same skill set, but scheme wise, tells you that he should still get his fair share of targets and receptions, yardage, etc. Or are you going to one of these guys that have been a little more hit and miss um, on a week to week basis between Ferguson, Schultz, and uh, Smith? I know you're still a Kyle Pitts believer, maybe. Maybe it's finally faded, but uh, like, what 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 would you do well, in I'll that situation? You, I I went back to Pitts because Drake London was out mm-hmm. and Kincaid on my bench, and it was only a point differential, but that was like the best opportunity for Pitts to have a good game, and, and he barely did anything. So I think I might be done with him, anyways. I I would not go with the backup because I th- I th- I think the Eagles will look at their receivers a little bit more. Mm-hmm. You know, you got Julio Jones. Who even at what he is today, I think he can play take him. tight end. Yeah, he's got this. He's got the frame, you know. So if you have those routes where it's he's just running, like hey, yeah, let's just get Julio in there. He's got a little more speed. He's got the hands. And sorry, who did you say the other two were? Uh, Johnny Smith in Atlanta, oh. and uh, the guy has just been snatching, yeah. snatching reps from your boy Kyle Pitts. taking screen and plays. Then, uh, and the aforementioned Jake Ferguson in uh, Dallas. Yeah, I like Ferguson. I do. Mm-hmm. I think I think that Dak Prescott relies on his tight end and. So I think he's a good one. And over over Schultz, who had uh, 100 yards this uh, weekend. And we talked about him at the start of the year. 
because thinking that C.J. Stroud would lean heavily on his tight end, as most rookie QBs do, mm-hmm. I think. I dig. We can maybe dig up some numbers to to talk about that, which, yeah, once again, we'll get to this later. I just wanted to get out there before I forget. Some numbers we dove into last week yielded fruit yeah. in the Gabe Davis situ- <laughs> situation, so we'll loop back around to that. But, uh, like, yeah, what about Ferguson over compared to a guy like Schultz? Um, do you think that was a flash in the pan, or is he a legitimate uh, week-to-week threat? They were without Robert Woods. I thought he would be. I thought he At would the start be. of the year. Slow start, but now he's kind of picked up steam. And they had uh, Noah Brown uh, back in the mix. He had a touchdown. Like they had three guys with over 100 yards receiving in that game, which makes sense when your quarterback throws for uh, as much as Stroud did. Like I, I think Dalton Schultz is a very viable guy moving forward, like on a week-to-week basis, unless you have one of those top-tier guys. Yeah. Was, we had a question about Taysom Hill in that. Uh, if he fits into that category, I think he does. Like, I think he's probably a top five tight end because you can play him there and he's still going to do everything else he does too. And you just get the tight end points for it. Oh yeah. I mean, there, there's going to be games. He's going to rush for two or three touchdowns and other people in the league will be ticked off because it's Taysom Hill. But yeah, I don't know if it's every week, but for sure. Uh, GBF, Golden Bears football alum, I assume dropped the Browns defense right before kickoff. Tough, tough because, uh, well, they play the Cardinals and Clayton Tune. However, it was nice to see Golden Bears football alum and Red Deer product Carter O'Donnell get his first NFL regular season snaps as an offensive tackle for the Cards. Yeah, I like Carter. We had him on the show back in the day when he, I think, was when he signed with the Colts. Yeah, that's really cool to see someone go from the U of A to the NFL. And obviously, it wasn't overnight. It took time and, and a lot of a lot of hard work to get into active game snaps. But very cool for him. Uh, Cat Dad says Danny DeVito greater than Tommy DeVito. Yeah, well, we love, we love Danny DeVito. Uh, Scalding Gord says that Deontay Johnson was fine for ripping refs, so he won't get any calls this weekend. DBs will have fun against Johnson. Uh, and George Pickens, I mean, come on, buddy. How did you were at the Canadian Burroughs for that Thursday night, or Brandon and George Pickens? Like, where's the the toe drag swag, as they call it on the NFL Network? Like, he had five feet and he couldn't get his second foot down, and then he's getting all grumpy because Johnson scores a touchdown. Yeah, come on, man. Like, figure it out. You got all the talent in the world. George Pickens might actually be a psychopath. Like, (laughs) he's super talented, but he's nuts. And hey, I think some teams need guys like that, Uh, you know, to whether it be to fire everybody up or hold other people accountable. You can't have just a bunch of wishy-washy guys out there saying, like, bowing their heads. I think for good wide receivers, you want them to want the ball, which George Pickens certainly does. But you also still have to realize it is still a team dynamic. And like you said, Connor, you had your chance. You blew it. You blew it. Why not? Like, Deontay Johnson just made his count. So, yeah, George Pickens is a very very interesting case of uh, not only a football player, but maybe a human uh, study. <laughs> I, th- I think that was very big on his draft profile. Kind of a different guy. Heck of a football player. His teammate scores his first touchdown in, like, two years and it was almost met with pouting, which is very weak. Not helping to the, the wide receiver diva reputation. Uh, we'll take a break here. we got a lot of text to get to when we come back. Mark wants us to do an hour of soccer, not after Liverpool's draw this weekend. Maybe we'll look into that going forward. Uh, if you want to get some questions in here, one 401 1440 is the text line. You can also email us, Connor at sports1440.ca and Brandon at sports1440.ca. That was our mailbag brought to you by the Canadian Brew House, sending you to the Super Bowl. Come see me at the 
Sherwood Park location tonight for Chargers and Jets should be a lot of fun. They'll make it interesting somehow. And then we got the Oilers game at eight as well. It is Fantasy Frenzy here on Sports 1440. Welcome back to Fantasy Frenzy here on Sports 1440. Connor, Hallie, Brandon, Douglas with you this Monday afternoon. Or Monday morning still, about 15 more minutes before we can officially call it the afternoon. Uh, coming up today on the lowdown with Low Tide. Hard to say. We don't have a lineup yet. Glenn, I don't know if he can hear me. Maybe he'll run over and tell us exactly what's coming up on the show today. I'll tell you what's coming up with Jason Greger. We've got uh, Matt Sakaris of Sakaris and Price. He'll join us to talk a little bit about those Vancouver Canucks. Of course, Robin Brownlee in the first hour as well of Oilers Nation. We'll talk to Cam Tate for the two-minute warning. Uh, Terry Ryan will be by for his co-hosting duties. He uh, left me a voice note today telling me he had to uh, go do some stuff for the third season of Shorzy, which uh, I think they're going to start filming soon. So that's very cool. Andy Petrillo will be by. Uh, Mark had said, can we talk some soccer? Well, hey, Andy Petrillo will be by to talk a little soccer coming up today at 4 o'clock. Amongst other things, we'll also have Mark Spector and Kevin Woodley in the 5 o'clock hour. So you can almost look at that as like a pregame show. We'll get the uh, Oilers reporter and then Kevin Woodley, although he also works with In Goal Magazine and is the goalie guru. He covers the Vancouver Canucks. For NHL.com. So we'll have a jam-packed show coming up with Gregor today, starting at 2 o'clock. Uh, Waz sending us a text. Uh, Waz, great work with Oilers Nation. And he's got a question here. And before we get to his question, I just want to bring up a trade that he made yesterday. And there might have been some pressure in the office. Because it's it looks like it's the Oilers Nation League. And the trade was, I think it was with Brett. Joshua Brett Dobbs. Holden? Yes. Saw him at the G-Bears game Saturday night. Well, he was probably happy because he, he received James Conner, who's injured, Amari Cooper, and Russell Wilson for Josh Dobbs. Oh. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, so here's the good thing, though. So Waz, he, he, he messaged, well, not messaged me, he tweeted, I traded for Joshua Dobbs in fantasy at the start of the week, arguably one of the worst trades in fantasy football history, and it somewhat panned out. So he put Dobbs in, who got him 25 points. The more wild thing about that is that Josh Dobbs was not scheduled. Like he did yeah. not start that game. <laughs> you put in a guy who, in theory, wasn't going to play. Someone tweeted, yeah, Gavin replies, confirm that Waz knows the script for the NFL season. <laughs> Well, I mean, hey, if there's anybody in touch with the uh, the under uh, underbelly of sports media, it's Waz. <laughs> he's uh, he's in touch with everything there, running socials over at ON. So uh, he must have an inside uh, scoop and knew that this is how the weekend was going to play out. He knew, but he didn't start CJ Stroud. I I went up <laughs> against Stroud and probably going to lose. But anyway, so Waz then sent in the text today, the one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty. Waz here. How screwed am I tonight? I've got a 13% chance to win. I have Austin Eckler starting, but my opponent has Keenan Allen. He's also down 13 points. So you would need, realistically, because Keenan's probably, like, minimum probably finishes with five if, points. Oh, I, I, I think guess it's PPR, too. If it's PPR, Keenan Allen's a guaranteed 12 to 15 point guy. So if it's PPR, yeah. I mean, he's, he's going to get his. But Austin Eckler... In the past, and they get in the red zone, they do love going to Eckler. So, you know, if Eckler finishes the game with six to seven receptions, big chunks of yards, plus running the ball in the red zone, 
I mean, I would say 13% chance is pretty accurate. Uh, the mathematics in my head are telling me that, that you know, they, they've put that together. So I, I, I don't love your odds, Waz, but, you know, Austin Eckler does have a reputation in the past of going off for like three touchdowns. So it could happen. We'll see what happens. That Jets defense, quite stingy. Uh, David Putty texting in. Hey, Putty, nice. CJ Stroud over T-Law next weekend. So the Jags and Trevor Lawrence, that's they're playing San Francisco. And San Francisco Chase Young makes his debut. And at, coming off a bye, like the Niners, they they limped into the bye week. We're, we're, we've well documented that and how they look like a different team. Uh, part of it maybe because of no Debo Samuel. We saw um, Trent Williams miss a couple games too versus uh, the Texans who play the Bengals. In Cincinnati. And the Bengals defense, uh, opportunistic last night. Like Very. forced turnovers when they needed to. I, I think I would lean towards Mr. Stroud. Tough environment, but I don't know how much I... Trevor Lawrence hasn't been that good this year. Fantasy not, not from a fantasy perspective, no. They, they've really leaned on Travis Etienne, who's kind of having, I would say, quietly having himself a really nice breakout campaign. Um, he hasn't gotten a lot of fanfare, partially probably because he plays for Jacksonville. Um, here's the one, the one thing to keep in mind about C.J. Stroud going into Cincinnati to play this game. No, Cincinnati is not where the Ohio State University is located. That is in Columbus, um, a little more central Ohio compared to Cincinnati down in the south portion. But still going back to the same state where you played your college ball, had a ton of success. You're coming off the best game of your life, setting records. I think the the juice is kind of on C.J. Stroud's side here because, yes, the Bengals' defense is opportunistic, but it's not as daunting as the Niners' D, who... Like I said, coming off the bye, they've added Chase Young to give them another wrinkle up You're the line. You're talking Buckeyes, Nick Bosa. <laughs> right? So Chase Young. I, uh, I, st- I like the Jags. I think they'll win this division pretty handily still. Um, but the Niners are probably going to be coming out with a vengeance, a little extra to play for after the, the losses heading into the bye week. Whereas the Bengals, they might, uh, they might look at this as maybe a letdown spot. Yes, the Texans are coming off a big win, but the Bengals, just with a huge emotional win over the, the Bills again, that was kind of teed up as the, the, the matchup of the week. They handled them pretty easily, really. So maybe a chance for a bit of a letdown spot for the Bengals. I'm not saying the Texans will win, but I think CJ Stroud can probably still have a ton of success. I mean, and that's it. You don't necessarily need to win the game, but you just need to... Two to three touchdowns, some yardage, and and it's not too bad. Uh, Stroud or Love from Rob the Pest. I've got Hurts on by. Yeah, I've got her Jalen Hurts on the bye week this week too. A little frustrating. I also I had to drop Kirk Cousins. Maybe Joshua Dobbs is in my future. Was is he going to have another big game? <laughs> Please tell us, Was tell us. Uh, I think I go Stroud again. Stroud over Love. That one's almost easy. This is a no-brainer, both between what we've seen in a collective of work and also Jordan Love is going up against the Stillers, who I I downplayed them a little bit last week uh, going into a Thursday night game, but the Steelers are maybe one of the most confusing teams in the entire NFL. Their defense is good. I talked about it at the end of last week about how their numbers don't really show it in terms of yards given up both to the pass and to the run. They're pretty middle of the pack. But to me, it boils down to just game breakers, and TJ Watt certainly is one of them. So uh, even if as a collective they might give up some stuff, TJ Watt will make Jordan Love's life a living hell, I, I would think. Steelers are at home in that game, and we just talked about Stroud. I, I think it's Stroud without a question. Without a question. 
Yeah, that, that that's one of the easier ones this week. And didn't Watson get hurt? I believe so, yeah. So, I mean, I, I'm a Romeo, Romeo Dobbs guy, so I, I hope he makes uh, some plays for your for love. But we will see. Uh, that's going to do it for us on the show today, I believe. Yeah, there's that music. I can let you know. On the lowdown with Low Tide, Jason Greger will be by at 120. At 1 o'clock, they'll have Brandon Batchelor, the voice of the Vancouver Canucks on Sportsnet 650. Also a fan of Man United. There you go. Before that, though, NHL rumors. They're going to talk some MMA with Declan and recap the Oilers weekend. Uh, again, thank you guys so much for tuning in today. Keep those questions. Say hello to Low Tide, 1-833-401-1440. That'll make his day uh, for Brandon Douglas. I'm Connor Halley. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Until then, have a great day. We'll get to an update brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky, home of Alberta's best beef jerky. Locations in Leduc's, Bruce Grove, and West Edmonton Mall. WilhawkBeefJerky.com. Here is the Duke.